What's up, Brewskies? My name is Marco Dupa. With me, as always, the great and powerful Adam Obesius Rodriguez. I have contact lenses. Look at that. Wow. I can't look that. You can look at everything. Are they not like protruding out of your eye? Your prescription is so bad. <laughs> if you look, that would be hard. I'm constantly in the. Yes. Tonight's brew is from the Winwood Brewing. Brewing. The Winwood Company. Brewing Company. The Winwood Brewing Company. Uh, based out of Miami, Florida, the Francis, the Father Francisco. And Obi's going to have more about that a lot more after the break. Tonight, what's on tap? What do we got? Stranger Things. We're going to put a cap on that um, for now. Next month, they're coming back. We're going to get the second half or, I don't know, some people have called it season five. Some people have called it the second half of Season four. Yeah, it's definitely the second half. Yeah. It's, I, it's just two episodes. Two big episodes. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, then it's definitely just the second half. It's not season. You can't call it season five. No. Those people are stupid. Stupid. We got some trailer trash. Trailer trash. Uh -huh. And uh, I don't know. We'll, 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 we'll get into some shit. Pretty curly? Pretty curly right now? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into some shit. Uh -huh. All right. All that and more. Let's figure it out. This is episode 358 of the One Beer In Podcast. Spooge if you tried. Please. I Please. want a splooge. I just want a splooge. This is interesting. Um, liquid displacement. Um, right? I mean, the theory is just called displacement, right? Not theory, the scientific. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Evidence. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, I have a point, but you cheers do. first. Cheers. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's we we poured these obviously out of the same can. You saw it, and into two different glasses. But doesn't it look like I have more than you, right? And I'm only saying yeah. this. I know that people are like, "Yeah, dummy, that's how cups work." <laughs> uh huh. Uh, I bring it up because you wouldn't believe how many people come into the bar asking for a man glass, quote unquote, um, or not understanding, not reading the menu or understanding how much liquid they're getting in a pour right. or seeing it in a different cup and think, oh, like a, a Hefeweizen glass is a really good example. You pour something into a Hefeweizen glass versus like a pint glass or a uh, like a Stein or something. Right. And they see the tall, they're like, oh my God, like what am I supposed to do with all this? It's like, motherfucker, like what, whatever you would do with the pint. Right. The same thing. Yeah. 
shove it up your ass. I don't know. Okay. Sounds like you have some stuff to work through. I'm glad we're starting on this note. I have. <laughs> Maybe it's some kind of like public perception that they're afraid of. They don't want to be seen as feminine. It's part of the man glass or, uh, issue, right? Uh, yeah. I, I don't know what it is. But some people seem to not understand um, that it's the same amount of liquid sure. going into a glass, just shaped differently. Yeah. And, uh, or oftentimes, if you're getting a, if you are getting a smaller amount, it's because it's stronger, or yeah. more expensive. Yeah. So. Well, that's the other thing. It's like, okay, so you want, uh, you want this, like, you know, ten percent, and 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 it's it's oh, but it's always just like a, uh, it's always a pissing contest where they're like, I can handle it, put it in a pint glass, and I'm like, no, yeah, because that's not how we sell it. So yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna just put it in a glass. Sure. And and that's the other thing they think that it's just like. They think it's this arbitrary thing that we yeah. just decided that right, right. Uh, that's going to go in that class it, and that's going to go in that class. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it should be noted because I think some people who who don't know about beer, um, at least as much as we do, which is not very much, not much. some, um, it that's not a pretentious thing to say. You know. Yeah. I think some people would take that as a very pretentious hipstery thing to say about beer. Yeah. Like just. Put it in the glass, whatever. Yeah, um, it's not the case, though. You know, <laughs> it, it, it's it's a, a tradition thing. It's a stylistic thing. It's yeah. It's a uh, I mean, even a flavor thing, depending on what style you're you're getting poured. Yeah, stuff tastes different in different glasses. <laughs> yes, it's a whole thing. Yeah, it's pours it, different. Everything is done on purpose, especially yeah, you know. It's just trust us. Well, I, I think I think the vast majority of people that go to red light know that and get it, and you know, are, are down for that kind of service because they appreciate that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. That's why you go to a place that appreciates that kind of thing instead yeah. of like you know an alehouse where you just get everything in a pint or a tall boy. You know, <laughs> yeah, fuck you, alehouse. <laughs> no, there's a time and place. No, there that. isn't. Fuck you, alehouse. All right, well, fuck every alehouse. Well, there goes the sponsor. <laughs> no, I mean, I love L House. Well, I don't love L House. Let's, let's I, roll it back a little bit. I don't love L House. Yeah. I do love the Zinger Mountain Melt. That's for damn sure. I of mean, it's, it's, I mean, what, that, a, what that, a masterful that, thing to put together. That is my, like, once a year treat. Mm -hmm. You know, you have it once and you, you, you're good yeah. for a while. Well, it's enough food to be good for a year. <laughs> yeah, enough calories. Yeah, damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. All right, all then right. Off, off my soapbox of yeah. the uh, of the beer pours and whatnot, okay? Right, right. This is the One Beer In podcast, the podcast where two brews crack open a brew, and we see where that one brew takes us. Obi, do you have a little bit more about what we're drinking tonight? I absolutely do. Now, this is a very rare situation in which, um, well, first of all, uh, if memory serves, this is my, my, our, our first time having Winwood Brewing on this podcast. Yeah. Far, far long ago, <laughs> I went to Winwood Brewing. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't think I brought anything back for us to sample or try. Selfish. Very. Um, that's me. Sorry. Yep. <clears throat> However, um, this time I did, and... I wanted to start not only with an intro for the beer, but of the brewery itself. So I have a, I have a cold read, a brewery cold read, a very first timer. Yeah. Brewery cold read. All right, let's do it. It goes as follows. 
Winwood Brewing Co. is Miami's first craft production brewery. Founded by Luis Brignoni and his father, Luis Pops Brignoni Sr., Winwood is deeply rooted in its founder's Puerto Rican heritage and namesake neighborhood, the Winwood Arts District. Our neighborhood is renowned as one of the most vibrant artistic communities in the country and attracts artists and influencers from around the world. Our beer draws inspiration from our family and place within Miami's thriving local and international art scene. Our year-round portfolio includes flagship La Rubia, Rubia. blonde ale, a crisp and flavorful ale made from or made for hot Miami weather. I can attest to that. Mm. Uh, Laces IPA, Lock On, Father Francisco, Francisco, and Pops Porter, which won a gold medal at the 2014 Great American Beer Festival competition. Hell yeah, brother! So. On to the Father Francisco, which is what we're having today. Well, first off, it is a Belgian-style golden ale coming in at a staggering 9.3%. You don't see that very often, my friends, in a can, let alone a six-pack. Yeah. So that surprised me, but here we are. Uh, The cold read. (laughs) So what I've noticed is there are two different cold reads. What do we do? There's a cold read on the can, and there's a cold read online i mean in my humble opinion Uh uh-huh you go with the can cold okay we're doing the can we're doing the can on a journey since landing in the americas in the 1500s father i already have a good feeling about this (laughs) one you know father francisco known as the first jesuit priest to set up a mission on the miami river is the namesake for our belgian style golden ale an homage to the tropical aromas of South Florida. This golden brew carries fragrant notes of clove and other spices topped off with fruity esters. This unique flavor combination brings to life this effervescent ale that will take you on your own journey. Signed, Luis Brignoni. Hey, I like it. I like it. Beautiful. So far, so good. The, the, Artwork is fantastic. I like the commitment to the history. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm. Uh, I gotta say, I'm, I'm on board right now. You know, <laughs> this is, uh, this is <laughs> doing a lot, doing a lot for me right now. I, I tell you, it's yeah. doing a lot for me. I, uh, you know? I, I will say, the website is very nice as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm not gonna read the cold read for the, on the website itself, though. It is a, it is a bit different. Um, I will say, it does have a pairing options mm. for the beer which is oh, I love nice that. I it's love very that. nice I love so I'll, I'll give you that uh, pairing hazelnut waffles crab cakes spicy cajun dishes and triple creme so do right. with that what you will bold of them to assume people are eating hazelnut waffles but i still <laughs> sure. respect it it sounds good to me it I, sounds it, delicious i, I would make a, a hazelnut, hazelnut, hazelnut and, a, waffle, and a good man. waffle yeah. i i used to exclusively drink uh, hazelnut waffles. <laughs> Grind them up. And, <laughs> and then just... No, hazelnut uh, um, cream. Cream. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was the only one that I... Until I started, like, expanding my... Yeah. Actually, when, you, when it comes to coffee, you don't really expand your palate so much as you, like, um, n- narrow it to sure. more, like, concentrated, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. You start off... When you, when you start drinking coffee, you're like, the only way that this is going to be... The only way I'm going to be able to choke this down is if you... Add everything. <laughs> yeah. Until it becomes like a milkshake, sure. right? 
Yeah. And then the more and more you start t- removing items and you start getting to the the base coat, mm-hmm. then you're like, all right, now I can really appreciate this 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 drink for what it is. The coffee right? game is so similar to the beer game. Right, right. It's incredibly similar. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. So, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's it, why we appreciate both so much. I think so. I think so. We just like brewed drinks. Yeah. I enjoy well, nice tea. Well, know? I know for me, I just like the I just like the idea of like a slow process that yields something spectacular sure. when it comes to, and, and and what you need is is patience and know how. I like yes, I agree with that completely. I also like the idea that what you put into something is determinant of the quality in which mm. you get out of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So coffee is very much that way. Beer is very much that way. Yeah. So, you know, it, it a, a different, a higher quality bean and a higher quality processing of that bean is going to yield a more flavorful, better, bolder coffee. Right. More flavorful coffee, I should right, say. Right, right. So I just, I like the idea of that. It, it feels like just desserts. And can I just say... So much of our life is not like that. <laughs> so it's nice to have something that is, you know, uh, karmic in yeah. a way. You know, mm-hmm. you take care in the very from the very beginning, from the planting of the of the coffee. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, straight up down to how you make the coffee at home. You know, all of that goes into having a great cup of coffee. Mm. And same thing with beer, mm-hmm. how you pour it. You know, from from uh, you know where your hops are grown Mm -hmm. to how you pour the beer. Yeah. What glass you pour the beer into, Uh, dare I say. Hey, hey, nice callback. all matters. It all matters. And, you know, I like like that feeling of, like, you know, good in, good out. Garbage in, garbage out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah, it it, it uh, <laughs> so much of our lives, you don't get rewarded mm. for that. You put so much time and effort and and Goes willpower, into the ether. and and you you just blood, sweat, and tears, and you get no returns. Yeah, but there are a handful of things in this life that you get a good return on your investment. Yeah, and coffee is one of them, and beer is one of them. Sure, and yeah. and, and 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 that's why you have a beer podcast because right. it deserves it. Yeah, because you need to cling on to something. <laughs> we right? all need something right yeah, now, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, some people have beer. Some people go back and watch the uh, live-action Scooby-Doo movie. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. like that segue? I do. It's nice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wanted to talk about it because you brought it up. I don't know why. Oh, because of the clip. that. W- why else did you bring it up? Well, no, technically you brought it up, <laughs> actually. Well, I, I was yeah. watching a clip. I didn't mean to be watching it. I just stumbled on it. I, I literally opened my phone and found the same clip on my okay, my feed. Okay. So yeah, I'm, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of through lines with with our Twitter accounts of like the likes yeah, and whatnot. It's gotta be, gotta be. And uh, yeah, it was some clip of <laughs> Sarah Michelle Gellar and Freddie Prince Jr. talking about doing the movie and like I don't know why they appreciated Scooby Doo when they were growing up. That has to be such a stretch. You know, yeah. when when you're sitting in a chair and they're doing the uh, uh, the 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 round robin of interviewers that come in and do yeah. the whole the press junket. Yes, the press junket. Right. Thank you. 
that has to be such a difficult thing to continue to answer over and over and over again. What did you like about Scooby-Doo? What did you appreciate appreciate about Scooby-Doo? Yeah. What do you think Scooby-Doo brought to the... What are you talking about? Yeah. It's a dog that solved mysteries. Yeah. There's nothing out. There's no... There's nothing deeper, deeper than that. Yeah. It's a cartoon with a bunch of teenagers. Well, I do, I do like the meme from back in the day that was like... Scooby-Doo taught us all that the real mon- the monsters are actually all humans. <laughs> I mean, if... Or the real monsters are all human. If the creators really intended that to be the point of yeah. the show, then sure. That is the deepest thing that you could glean from yeah. Scooby-Doo. We are the monsters. Otherwise, it's, a, it's two potheads and then two horny teenagers and a nerd... Yeah. And they just solve, like, you know, archetypes from the 70s. Sure, yeah, yeah. And a talking dog. <laughs> a talking dog. Yeah. And, and, and a van. And a, and, yeah. Well, that, I, I, would, I would dare say that that's an archetype from the 70s. The van. Sure. And then eventually a Puerto Rican and a, what? And a tiny dog. Who's the Puerto Rican? You don't remember him? Well, when they brought in Scrappy-Doo? I know Scrappy do. I don't remember. I'm not calling Scrappy Puerto Rican. (laughs) No, he could be. (laughs) He He very well could be. Uh, No, no, no. When they brought in Scrappy Do, yeah, there was also a little brown kid. Nah, what? We all just assumed was Puerto Rican. I don't know if that was just my household, (laughs) but I don't remember this kid. Yeah, you gotta pull him up. You gotta pull him up. up. I don't don't remember his name. Well, Um, I remember. Do you remember like the the weird like iterations of scooby-doo and i'm not saying like the the 80s one the 90s one that i'm talking about like the same <laughs> wait, show. wait 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 i'm so sorry no go ahead <laughs> don't look okay. don't look all right i type in scrappy-doo on google uh-huh. i get scrappy-doo live action yeah <laughs> and then immediately scrappy-doo found dead in miami <laughs> <laughs> Click on that. What's what going that on? Mean? What's what going on? Oh, it's a, it's a meme. It's oh, a, okay. a meme. Okay. I guess we. Uh, wh- wh- what is that? Click on that. I want to see. Scrappy Doo what... dies in Miami, Florida. Scrappy Doo found dead in Miami, Florida. <sighs> That's stupid. Oh, I guess in one. Uh, speaking of iterations. <laughs> oh, he it, actually dies in the show. This looks like. Uh, a clip or a, you know a, a screenshot from the newer Scooby Doo, right? Like uh, yeah, 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 for sure. With Scrappy Doo, like a uh, memorial to Scrappy Doo. That's very weird. <laughs> Murdered. Uh. Oh, it's a fanfic. Okay. Okay. Okay, it's a fanfic. <laughs> all right, all right. I was about to say, God damn, they got dark. Oh, okay. This fanfic tries. To mesh Scooby Doo and Dexter, apparently. Oh, okay. So yeah. All right. Look it up. Or don't. <laughs> um. So yeah, it it, it uh, <laughs> I I I'm I am interested in the live action Scooby Doo movies solely because. I place them in the same category as movies like the prequel trilogies of Star Wars and uh, movies like that where people, now that they've kind of grown up a little bit, they can, they're adults and they have Twitter accounts and they can go back and pretend like those movies were good and they weren't. Right. And those movies, like, 
Because you said you've never seen either one of the live-action Scooby-Doo movies. I have not. I have not. And I told you, you don't have to. Because they're both... What are you doing? <laughs> Look, I'm trying here. Okay? <laughs> I you, swear... Oh, you're trying to find... I swear there was a kid. I'm still on this? I swear there was a kid introduced with Scrappy-Doo. No, there wasn't. You made this up. You no. <laughs> did, did I hallucinate representation? Is that what yes. happened? Yes. You wanted it so badly oh that you created God. it in your head. It's a Mandela oh effect. Oh, my God. There's Puerto no Rican way. Kid. There's no. I think you're mashing like six different shows together. Oh, my God. I'm looking up Scrappy-Doo cast right now. Probably like uh, one of the characters from Captain Planet. A little Indian kid. No. No. A little Mowgli looking kid. Not Mowgli. I'm going to find it. Don't worry. With our powers combined. We are Captain Planet. <laughs> Captain Planet. He's our hero. hero. Gonna take pollution down to zero. What <laughs> stupid show. <sighs> Dog, when that used to come on. They talk about indoctrinating kids nowadays. <laughs> We've been indoctrinated. We've been indoctrinated. What are you worried about? I mean, at least we were trying to recycle and like not be racist and stuff back yeah, then. That's nice. I what hated happens? that show. Did you like Captain Planet? I always thought it was kind of corny, but I still watched it. I hated it. Yeah. I thought I was just I thought it was so like there was I mean, he didn't even like he didn't even like kick anybody's ass, you know? Like when yeah. they brought him in, I thought he'd like come in and like, you know, wreck shit and he didn't even do that. Just kind of flew around, spraying yeah. shit on people. Like he just—he was a cornball. Well, I liked—I liked the idea of the individual characters with their own powers. I thought that was cool. Yeah, you know, it, I mean, it goes along with like Voltron. It goes along yeah. with um, Power Rangers. Um, yeah. I mean, later on, like Avatar. After the fact, mm -hmm. um, yeah, but they I never like, really explored that. Yeah, with the individual characters, yeah. they were all just—they all just kind of sucked. There was a little—a little hint of uh, X Men. You know, because of they're all like teens and uh -huh. they all have their own individual powers. Yeah, mind you, they're all related to the rings, but you know, uh, excuse me. I guess I guess Green Lantern style. Um, but yeah, it was. You could always tell it was a bit preachy. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoever made that show really had a point they wanted to get across. Yeah, we got it. Yeah, we got yeah. it. We're gonna take pollution down to zero. <laughs> I guess. All right, look, look, hey, there's no, I, I mean, can't find, I can't find the Puerto Rican kid. I swear he was there at some point. Uh, I, it must have been like an offshoot. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I remember I mean, they, they did a lot of, they did a lot of, uh, 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 you know, special edition. Like, uh, we're going to, they did the one where they were with the Globetrotters and they did of course, the one yeah. with the, uh, they did that spinoff with a bunch of like Halloween characters and yeah, uh, maybe he popped up in one of those. Maybe Just I a little Puerto Rican kid. I, I would love, I mean, you know, you can spend the whole episode looking for this. I might. I just might do that because this is seriously Mandela effect right Port now. Puerto Rico and Puerto Ricans in popular culture seem to me has always been like. Uh, Motherfucker. Is that, is that That's him? the kid. That's him right there. <laughs> I don't know his name, but he's there in a yellow tracksuit. You can find him. Uh, yeah, Scooby Doo, yellow tracksuit, brown kid. <laughs> I bet you. It I bet you it pulls up. Brown kid. 
No. I don't I don't get it though. He was clearly there. Like Well yeah, I mean <laughs> he, we saw it now. He existed. Is all I'm saying. Alright, alright. You know, whatever. <clears throat> if you guys know who I'm talking about, please write in. If you, if you know, know his this name little Puerto Rican kid. Please. Please help me out. Here. I was gonna say Puerto Ricans as a as a as a thing, as an entity, seem very new in pop culture when you think about it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like when uh like like uh knowing that Al Pacino played both a Cuban and, and a Italian Puerto Rican and a Puerto Rican, yeah. it throws me, you know? Yeah. Because Carlito, to me, is he's just playing Cuban again or Mexican. Well he's yeah. definitely not Puerto Rican. A lot of a lot of people don't realize that about Carlito's way. Yeah. That he's Puerto Rican. He's playing Puerto Rican. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah, it it definitely doesn't come across. I mean, he doesn't do it great. No, no. Uh but you know, it I mean, that's the thing though. That's the sad thing. Is like when you're so starved for representation, you'll take whatever you can get. Yeah. So I remember vividly being like, that's cool. Yeah. We, we <laughs> There's, gotta, we gotta I I, I I've heard Puerto Rican be like you know, brought up in in the context of a a, a movie yeah. with Al Pacino in it. Yeah, um, they really asked him to do a lot, man. He was doing a lot of heavy lifting uh, in the eighties uh, and nineties. Yeah, were like really asking him to do. I it. mean, they could have found. I mean, they did have a lot of Latin people in it. It was John Leguizamo's ethnicity. Is he Mexican or is he no, Puerto Rican? He's oh, I'm not gonna even. I'm not gonna even guess. He's he's a mix of of, of different Latin cultures um because i'll say this we claim them though john linguizamo is you know what i mean i I, uh sorry we're looking at john linguizamo's ethnicity (laughs) don't want to go radio radio silent on you guys if you're just listening (laughs) this is important this is important important, though his father's puerto rican Uh um let's see Despite father's claim, Liguizamo asserts Puerto Rican ties. That's not sketchy. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> for real, guys, I swear. Let's see. Let's see. They are getting too deep here. Yeah. Okay, so his name is Basque, which is from Spain. Spain. To, yeah, to yeah. Offshoot of there. I only know that because of <laughs> because of craft beer. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, wherever wherever it takes you. Yeah. I mean, this. Uh, why why is this being so obscure right nah, now? All right, all right. Leguizamo is Hispanic, uh, and obviously m- multiple. Well, uh, anyway, we'll just let the Puerto Ricans claim him. <laughs> I mean, I do anyway. Uh, well, he was born in Colombia. Okay. All right. Colombian. Um, so let's see. At least Puerto Rican, Colombian, Spanish. Yeah. Okay. Over the years, John has stated that he has Puerto Rican, Italian, Lebanese, and or other ancestry. Okay. <laughs> okay. Wait, 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 wait. These statements are not accurate. <laughs> According to who? According to ethniccelebs.com. What? This is weird. We're we're getting into a weird I, Yeah, I think we space. found ourselves on like a strange <laughs> conspiracy. John um, Leguizamo was not Hispanic at all. <laughs> it's very strange. 
Uh, a DNA test whose results were displayed on the show Finding Your Roots with Henry Louis Gates Jr. Oh, yeah. Uh, say that John's eth- or genetic ancestry is 59.4% uh, European, majority Spanish. Okay, so yeah. Right, so, Sp- Spanish. Uh, 24.5% indigenous. Okay. So that, that could still be like Puerto Rican and yeah. stuff like that. Um, uh, 3.1% Middle Eastern, North African. 2.9% Sub-Saharan African. Um, okay, I'm not convinced that... Yeah, of, of him, you know, being dishonest about no. anything at that point. No, that they, that was. I mean, he's clearly Hispanic. Yeah, for sure. Uh. Anyway, it goes without saying. We claim you, John Leguizamo. Yeah. Uh, John Leguizamo is the shit. He yes. can do no wrong, in my eyes. His grandfather was Puerto Rican. That's all you got to know. That's so. That's, that's good all, enough for I'll me. Take, that. take it. Um, Benny Blanco from the Bronx. Yeah. I was going to say before we fell down that rabbit hole, which I don't regret. Absolutely not. I I think Leguizamo is ta- a talented enough actor to have been Carlito in sure. the movie. I think he's I think he's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I love to uh, Luis Guzman is in there, too. Yeah. Um, I love him as a side character. Whenever I see him. Yeah. I'm he's happy. one of the best character actors of all time. He's uh, the best. Yeah, so I'm glad He's they, the they at least brought some uh, side players to come in that were actually Latin at yeah. very least, if not Puerto Rican. Um, what do you think they felt watching Al Pacino play a Latin character when they're just sitting there like, yeah, I'm right here? <laughs> I, you know, I think they may have thought the same thing that I did when I saw it, and which was like, it's cool that he's like trying to, or that they're, they're, there's this big budget major motion picture that has to do with Puerto Ricans. Yeah. And I mean, specifically, the character of Carlito, spoiler alert, is a redeemed one, right? Yeah. It's, it's not a Scarface. It's not some guy who's just, like, falling with the ship. Yeah. It's a guy who's trying to mm-hmm. do better. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, you know, like, personally, I even though his, you know... <laughs> representation isn't very good um for the time it was fine and uh i appreciated the character not just being this unrepentant asshole right and and scumbag you know it right. was something it, yeah. it, it gave us something yeah you know yeah even this world of crime but uh because yeah, before that but the puerto ricans were were represented in like what west side story aren't the aren't the sharks puerto ricans yeah they are. Uh, I mean, again, another <laughs> as- element in which a lot of them were not even Latin. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of brown face going on. A lot, with a that. lot, a lot of tan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, we really, we really got a lot of an- a lot to answer. Yeah, for. yeah. Especially when, it, oh, man, like black people, uh, get there, there's a lot of there's a lot more representation for black folks in movies now than there ever was. And there still needs to be more Well, people of color in general. And anytime you see a person of color in a movie, you're like, Oh now, well, cool. They, they threw them in the movie. But when yeah. it comes to, uh, people, Latin characters, it, it is, it is almost, almost, a, a an equal fight of like, 
if it's a if if there's too many Hispanic characters, then it's a fucking gangbanger movie or like a, a, Span- sure. a quote unquote Spanish movie. Yeah, uh, it can't just be all of these characters who happen to be Latino. They have to be. Uh, it has to be about that. The same as like when it's too many black folks in a movie. It's like oh, it's a black. It's movie. a black it's movie. Like, movie why now. can't it just yeah. be a movie with black people in it? And it's the same thing. You never you don't like watch white movies. And like, be like, oh, it's a white movie. Like, it's just right. a movie. No one right, thinks right. like, well, there's a lot of white folks in this. <laughs> well, it, it takes something like Get Out, I think, for it to transcend. Yeah, you know, because yeah. you don't look at Get Out and go, that's a black movie, right? You know, like it. it nobody. That's, there's not been really a conversation around but, that. But I think that there's just enough balance between black people and white people in that movie to make it so that it's not. It. It, it really. It like if the family yeah, that, so. that that that. Um, well, I mean, that would that would obviously fly in the face of the entire point of the movie. Uh, <coughs> well, uh, what about like Black Panther? You know, like it. it yeah, it's but there's not that preface of it being a Marvel, an movie. MCU movie, right? So, and and I I can guarantee some people see that as the MCU's. It black is movie. yes for uh, one thousand percent. It is the MCU's black movie, right? So, um, yeah, and not only that, but like the fact that. It got so overrated when it came out. I mean, it's a great movie. It's one of it. I, I, I mean, I rank it pretty highly amongst the MCU movies, but yeah. for it to be nominated for an Oscar for mm. best movie, it's kind of like one of those things where like you just you're just throwing fuel on the fire of people going like, ah, see, eh, uh, yeah, like, see, <laughs> and you're like, ah, I can't even I can't even argue with you because right, I don't right. think it deserved to be yeah, nominated right. for an Oscar. You know, can't really defend it. But whatever. Yeah. Uh, but when's the last time you've seen a movie with all Latin folks in it that wasn't uh, based in California or like a Spanish movie? I mean, I don't I don't think there are many of those in general. You yeah. know, like. So I'm saying, especially in, in, in modern times, it, there's very few of them, I think, like. Unless they're foreign films, you know, like there's like Roma that was yeah. huge. Um, that wasn't about gangbanging or any, anything like that. But um, there's Paper Heist. <laughs> yeah. But. Or Money Heist. Money. Money Heist is the English trans- translation. Or the English version of it. The House of. The Paper House, I think, is Papel de Casa, or I think is Casa what it's called. De papel. I think that's what it's called in. in uh, that's that's in Spanish its Spanish uh, title. The Netflix show, right? Yeah, yeah. The I'm heist, not, if the I'm heist not mistaken. Film yeah, yeah. Movie. Well, show. It, it, yeah, film movie <laughs> long, show. Long, long running uh, show. I haven't watched it yet. From what I heard, the first two seasons are great, and then it just like falls off a cliff after that. How long can you do a heist show? You know, that's the thing about do heist they just, movies. They just keep just, heisting. Is yeah, that you can't just keep heisting. I mean, the the thing is, you get the team together, you 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 pull the score, and then obviously something goes wrong, and you have to deal with that. And that's the movie, yeah. right? That's the conflict. Is everything is perfect until it's not? That's yeah. the that's the beauty of a heist film. Yeah. You can't just have a TV show. <laughs> it can't uh, go yeah. six seasons. Well, that's the thing. Like a heist film is perfect for the the confines of a movie. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it, yeah. it, it, that's the, that's how much time you need. Yeah. Even if you pull it out as long as like uh, Heat does, like that's a long ass movie. Yeah. But it it still works. Yeah. You can't do that on a TV show. You yeah. Can't. No. No. You, you can't. Can, you, and you even can't. with Heat, like. The point of heat is that 
they're uh, they're getting closed in on. Yeah, and and the heat is 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 pushing on them. It's 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 starting. It's getting to them. Like they they throughout the movie, like the the movie starts with them pulling a heist off almost without a hitch. Right, and as it goes on. You know, uh, uh, Pacino's character gets closer and closer to figuring it out. They get closer and closer to each one of the characters. They get the informant, yada yada. It, it, yeah, it's it actually uh, it's very Game of Thrones like because mm. it actually starts like they are a well oiled machine, but you already can see it cracking. Right, up. right, right, right. You right, know, there's right. already something going on. Mm-hmm. It from the very beginning, it's already starting to crack. Yeah, and by the end of it, it's over right you know right so yeah that's we have to we have to rewatch heat i mean <laughs> you ain't saying nothing but a word my friend mm. I'm, I'm always down mm. always down it looks like a two o'clock <laughs> uh <laughs> should we talk about what we're here to talk about i guess well okay real quick <laughs> oh, did just you, say you, found, you actually okay the the image that i found here uh on screen rant actually uh, ranking every version of the Scooby-Doo gang, which is actually a pretty funny concept. For well, a- <laughs> okay, no, but I'm glad you found that list because that's exactly what I was talking about. Uh-huh. There is different iterations of the gang, and, and and I didn't mean from era to era. I meant, f- like, iterations of, like, different, Yeah. like, you know, like, when, when Shaggy's not wearing the green shirt, he's, like, a different version of Shaggy. Yeah. And, and they do that a couple of times. Yep. So, okay, go, go 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 ahead, go ahead. So, ranking in number 7 is is the image that I found. It's for The 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo, mm-hmm. which came out in 1985. Um apparently, they have in this one it features Vincent Price. <laughs> right there. Okay, yeah. I from a distance I thought that was Blackula, but okay. <laughs> that, that's Vincent Price. <laughs> they gave him a tan. Sure. Um It does look like Vincent Price. It does, yeah. Um apparently this is like a riff on Thirteen Ghosts, weirdly enough. Okay. Uh yeah, so sit out uh da, 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 uh Scooby, Shaggy, Daphne, and Scrappy Doo alongside new characters, which they don't say. Mm. Uh one of which is voiced by Vincent by Vincent Price, yeah, set out in the world to recapture thirteen ghosts, thirteen escaped ghosts, uh, before they have to they have the chance to cause too much trouble after Scooby and Shaggy accidentally release them to begin with. Uh, the show held promise, but the fact that it didn't follow the familiar formula in which the entire gang runs across a mystery and solves it may have contributed to the downfall of this series, given it produced only thirteen episodes. Ooh, so I must episodes, for thirteen ghosts. Ooh. I must have seen those thirteen episodes yeah. and remembered that kid. Yeah, because it seems like he's not anywhere and you were else. Like he's definitely Puerto Rican. He couldn't be any other ethnicity. No, nah, definitely one hundred percent Puerto Rican. No, nah, he's got long hair and a tracksuit. <laughs> he's got long hair and a tracksuit. That's suit. it. Yeah, I would love for that thirteen ghost version of the show to have like each one of the thirteen ghosts, like one of them, like ripping someone's skin off or something and they have to <laughs> they have to yeah. solve this mystery mm-hmm. or they get to the crime scene and it's just like a bloody gruesome mess yeah and he's just like sewing scoob <laughs> there's blood everywhere let's get them Braggy. <laughs> i know scoob <laughs> he died screaming Braggy. 
He died with his eyes open, man. <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm glad that we figured out uh, nothing, really. I mean, at least I know it's real. Yeah. And that's enough for it, me. It wasn't a on. Mandela effect It thing. was definitely, it was not a Mandela effect. Okay, all right. So uh, let's, oh. uh, let's let's move on. Let's right, move on. right. Um, we got some we got some trailers to talk about. Right, okay. right. <laughs> well, did, we didn't. Did we finish what we were talking about with the Scooby Doo live action? I don't know. Is there <laughs> anything else that you want to get across? I just wanted to. I just wanted to reiterate the fact that like it's one of those movies that is not that good, and I know that I'm gonna I'm gonna catch heat for this. Well, that's what I'm saying. I've seen such. Uh, like uh, uh, an adoration, a re reevaluation, and appreciation for these movies. Yeah, it, it, it happens. Hindsight. It happens every. It happens all the time. Every couple of years, people like reawaken, and they're and they're like, you know what? This movie actually not only like if if you wanted to come back and be like, yo, them Scooby Doo movies like weren't that bad in retrospect. I'd be like, all right, I, I fucks with you on that. I, I could I could meet you in the middle on that one. Yeah, but it's it's when these movies come back and everyone's like oh they're they're modern masterpieces like unironically it's a great movie like no it's not they weren't good they're not good movies they're not yeah. they're not I, good i mean were they at least good as like kids movies no okay i mean okay wait <laughs> all right when when you ask that maybe the first one yes mm. the second one it just it just goes too far it's just sure. it's, it's too much it's just there's so much going on yeah i mean they do have, the thing is like you, it, it, i think it was the beauty of the cast is what makes those movies work. Scooby Doo, I think, is terrible, but he um, looks freakish. No, he's awful. I think he's terrible. But yeah. having Matthew Lillard as Shaggy oh, is perfect. actually perfect. masterful casting. I would like to say Matthew Lillard is just so underappreciated. Oh yeah, yeah in yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah. You know what though? I think that. People going back and appreciating Matthew Lillard mm -hmm. is what started this Scooby Doo thing. Could I be, think yeah. that I think that's the genesis of this. I do follow him on Twitter because mm -hmm. I appreciate him. Uh, he was in the uh, the recent or not recent anymore. Twenty seventeen, um, uh, uh, Twin Peaks, yeah, revamp. Mm -hmm. um, and I loved him in that, and so I started following him after that. Yeah, and I did see that weird like. I don't know. Return to Matthew Lillard. Yeah. Uh, Reevaluation of Matthew Lillard, and uh, uh, a lot of people like kind of fangirling over him now, which yeah. is great. I love to see it. I, I really think that part of this Scooby Doo love is the fact that Matthew Lillard is so great in it. He's fantastic. Mm -hmm. He's so good that when they when the movie was successful and they brought the TV show back, they were like, "Well, let's just have Matthew Lillard voice." Shaggy, he's, yeah. just, he's just been so good at it so far, yeah. and they just brought, they just used him when they couldn't get a uh, uh, Casey Kasem. Yeah, uh, there was a weird story with Casey Kasem. You remember that? Right before he died, he like disappeared. He like oh, yeah. wandered off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. where the fuck is Casey Kasem? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I do remember. Off. I wouldn't have remembered that unless you brought it up. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, there was a weird mystery. I mean, ironically, <laughs> surrounding you better his, watch your back. His disappearance, yeah, yeah, it was weird. I think it ended up being one of those really sad things where it's yeah. like you know the the people looking out for him really weren't out for his best interests yeah, and just yeah. trying to get his money and you know, this sad. Ugh. But yeah. anyway, and what's the chick that plays uh, Daphne? Um, uh, oh, Daphne's Sarah Michelle Gellar. No, 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 not Daphne. I'm sorry, Velma. 
Oh, Linda Cardellini. L- Linda Cardellini. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Linda Cardellini. Uh, can Whoa. I? Uh, yeah. Whoa. Can I just say one of my very early crushes was Linda Cardellini. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, of course. Yeah. She is stupid. Yeah. Stupid hot. Yeah. It's crazy. But that's. I think that that is part of the the charm of of these movies is that they casted. I mean, the cast is like objectively gorgeous like yeah. everyone in on uh, everyone every single one of them rowan atkinson yeah <laughs> a beautiful man right rowan atkinson yeah that's right yeah yeah uh e- including rowan atkinson yeah no uh, that, that's crazy sarah michelle Geller, freddie prince jr yeah matthew lillard yeah. linda cardellini uh-huh. uh rowan atkinson uh-huh. isla fisher uh-huh <laughs> pam anderson i mean come on man look <laughs> at that crazy. cast it's crazy insane insane crazy so i think that's part of it i think that the the movie didn't take itself too seriously i think that's why people found the charm in it but like mm-hmm. it's not that good yeah. it's really it's it's just, we go back and we pretend like these movies are good like i was getting into it with somebody about the prequels where they're like you know the scooby-doo prequels no <laughs> this the sorry i didn't give a lot of context <laughs> for that the star wars prequels yeah. i always say the prequels and i think like everyone everyone understands yeah. the star wars prequels where like the first two aren't good movies. They're just not. They're not good movies. The third one is the fir- the, a good I, movie. Look, I'm, I will fight you on the first one. The first one has moments. It's not good. It's not good overall, no. But it has enough it moments. It has one moment. The Duel of Fates. Yeah. It has one moment. I like Name the other moments. Pod racing. Fuck you. I love pod racing. Now that's, now that's pod racing. You don't like Sebulba? No. I'm a Sebulba stand. No, no, dude. I hate the pod Love racing me some I mean, I, I like the pod racing video game. Yeah. And the 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 I you know what? Pod racing, I'll say this. If you if you had me on uh on pitchfork over under, yeah. Pod racing, underrated. They should have done more with pod racing. I agree. Is yeah. my argument. Well, it's it's a. It, I see where they were going with it, and they could have gone farther mm-hmm. because that's a that's a great way to not only showcase that Anakin is gifted and born to be like this this powerful being, whether he becomes Jedi or uh, 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 Sith. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, but also. Showing again his prowess as a pilot, yeah, because they don't play enough into that, yeah. And you know, from the original series, we hear that he was this incredible pilot, yeah, but don't really see it ever. See, and and you know that that I'm I'm glad you said that because that's part of one of my problems with with the Anakin characterization. We don't have to spend the rest of the time talking about that, but <laughs> the it's stuff like that. That is like, yeah, they they don't in the movies they don't do enough with that, and then we're left with secondhand accounts of how good he was. Sure, and we're supposed to just believe that he was this masterful right. pilot. Like, what does he do in episode two and three that leads you to believe that he was any better than anyone else out there fighting? Like, like when you watch, like when when there's these big epic scenes where they're fighting. Uh, when they're in space and they're they're you know they're doing all these like dog fights and stuff like that. What does he do that is so outside the norm, other than being plot protected and not die? Yeah. yeah. What does he do that is so 
uh, uh, masterful and so like he, yeah. this prodigal pilot. Well, and, and again, I think alliteration. I think episode one does an okay job of hinting towards it, but they could have gone farther because mm-hmm. obviously, you know, the the last act again, Duel of Fates, that entire segment yeah. of the back and forth action. The uh, I think it's the 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 B plot of Anakin like fumbling around in that fighter, yeah, and just get, having good luck and <laughs> yeah. shooting stuff down and you know surviving all that hints at him being this talented pilot and obviously force sensitive and all that. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously Yoda says that straight out, so you don't have to guess about it. Well, yeah, that's the other thing, um, but. You know, I, I think that's that's enough to hint at it. They needed to follow through with two and three of him being this like ace, you know? Yeah. Not uh, not only being an ace, but also being an incredible Jedi on top of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that way, the the fall from grace is that much bigger and yeah. greater and and felt more. Yeah. Honestly, they do so much more than they needed to do. Like in hindsight. And we can, I guess we can leave off from here. Yeah. Because we don't have to keep doing this. But I think, in hindsight, why aren't the prequels solely about Anakin? You know? Yeah. Because the whole thing should have just been about him. Like, they should have been solo movies, uh, but not intended, about Anakin. Like, yeah. why are we spending so much time with all this other... I understand that we're trying to build this build universe and, like, yeah. understand, you know... But, like, really, we're trying to understand how Anakin became Darth yeah. Vader. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, the poster, the iconic poster is is so indicative of what that could have been. You know, mm-hmm. of little Annie mm-hmm. with and the, and the, the shadow of it being fantastic. Darth Vader. Incredible. It's, it's a fantastic Incredible. poster. Incredible stuff. I just don't understand why we spend so much time with all this other shit. Yeah. Well, it's because they're trying to sell toys. Yeah. That's yeah. why. Yeah. I mean, that's always been it. And, you know, that's fine. It's just. Why are we doing yeah. this? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. All roads lead to Star Wars. They always okay? do. They uh, always do. Yeah. They always do. That's if fine. this was a Star Wars podcast, we could just spend... I mean, I yeah, yeah. We could definitely... Well, oh, okay. So, <laughs> one last word on it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, it's only because I want to cover my own ass. Okay. Uh, because, again, I haven't seen much of Clone Wars. I haven't seen any of the Bad Batch. I haven't seen Rebels. <laughs> But that could be full of a bit more context for Anakin Skywalker, which I'm sure it is. It is. It is. Yeah. It is. But that's cheating, I think, in my opinion. It's sure. cheating. The, of course, they like created a cartoon and they're like, yeah, now we're going to flesh out these characters. Like, well, yeah, you, I mean, you see you it now. You see it even with Obi-Wan. You know, like there's more fleshing out of <laughs> young Darth Vader. Yeah. You know, like yeah. you get a little bit, a little more taste of that. Yeah. Isn't it um, weird how young he how young Darth Vader actually is. He's in his 20s. Yeah, it's strange. Yeah. I've always pictured him as being like 45 to 50. Well, he's he's got the voice of a 70-year-old black man, so. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean. Has James Earl Jones just been 70 for 100 years? Yeah, since the Sandlot. <laughs> he's just been. Maybe, he was really old in the Sandlot. Yeah. How old is he now? Well, no, I think they, I think they aged him up for Sandlot. Because he had to be an old man for Sandlot. Like, he had to be a really old man for Sandlot. Yeah. Like, Sandlot, to me, he he was playing, like, 75, 80. 
Yeah. Like an yeah, old, yeah, yeah. old timer. Yeah, that's true. That's true. There's yeah. no way that he was, because he'd be like 130 right, right yeah, now. Yeah, no, no. There's no way he was that old. I mean, what? what? He had to be like in his 50s in Sandlot. Sandlot? Because he's, he's like 90 now. Sandlot, he's got a, I don't know. I'd say he's in his 60s in Sandlot. Oh, well, I don't know. Let's find out. Wait, let me do it. Do let it. me do it. Do it, do it, do it let do me it, be it. the computer. Okay, all right, all right. So let's say, all right. When, okay, first, when did Sandlot come out? The Sandlot. 95? I think it was 95. I want to say 95. Let's see. 93. Fuck! Two years off. Okay, 1993. Yeah. James Earl Jones was already like an established play... Uh, stage actor in his own right. I mean, he'd been uh, in Star Wars, too. <laughs> yeah, there's that little thing called Star Wars that yeah. he was already in. 93. How old would he have been in 93? I mean, also not to mention uh, Lion King. Yeah, I just think his voice had such gravitas that we're like, I think we're aging him because of... <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah. I'm going to say he was a flat 60 in The Sandlot. In Sandlot, okay. No, fifty-five. I'm gonna give him. I'm. I'm gonna say fifty-nine. I'm gonna. I'm gonna cusp it. Okay. I'm gonna bastard. cusp. Yeah. I'm gonna cusp sixty. You're gonna have to do some quick maths. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm still gonna need a phone for this. Okay, he's ninety-one. He's so old. He was born in thirty-one. So in ninety-three. He would have been 62. Wow. I, older than I thought. Should have gone with my gut. <laughs> I should have gone with my gut, too. I said 60. I should have stuck with that. Yeah. Huh. Wow. Yep. 60, 62. Yeah. So he's 91 right now. Yeah. He's old. Old man. Just collecting those checks. <laughs> yeah. They're doing a, in the, in the uh, Obi-Wan show, apparently... It says James Earl Jones, but it's like one of the it's like those the the voice technology yeah, yeah, yeah. that they use. I, heard about I am that. so I'm I'm um I'm more upset with the voice thing than I am with deep fakes and stuff. It it it, it I, I really, really don't like it. Yeah. Because like I, unless they contacted James Earl Jones and he was like, nah, I don't want to do it, which I hope is the case that that like he he just didn't feel like doing it anymore. I mean, he is 91. Yeah. So if that's the case, then sure. And and you want to honor the legacy of the man by using his voice mm-hmm. and, and not casting somebody else. But if you if you're just trying to save yourself some money by using this new technology and like just piecing shit together, I will say it sounds pretty good. It does. Yeah. 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 I, I thought for sure that they just that. James Earl Jones just returned for the show. That's what I thought too initially, and it, it was just because I saw that there were headlines saying like James Earl Jones is voicing Vader again. Yeah, and I was like, really? That's incredible. Yeah, because I, you know, I knew he recently had work with the Lion King, the yeah live act, quote unquote live action. Yeah, and just as recently as as the as as Star Wars Rebels, mm-hmm. he was he was voicing. Uh, uh, Vader. Vader. Interesting. The Rebels was twenty, what, 2017, 2016? So it's not like I mean he. It was only a couple of years ago that he was still in the booth, yeah, yeah. like voicing. Well, the Lion character. King was twenty nineteen. Yeah. So, so I mean, he's a couple of years ago. Yeah. It's not like he's like retired. Yeah. 
I mean, maybe maybe it's come time. You know? <coughs> maybe it's just like I'm done working. Yeah, he turned ninety, and he was yeah. like, you know what? That's I, enough. Enough. I'm gonna just chill. I've done enough. Yeah, he's, I mean, he certainly has. So, uh, I do. Yeah, I do hope that's the case. That yeah, you know, they they said, hey, this is our plan. You want to be a part of it, and he just said, I'm good. Yeah, because the other thing is they did it with Mark Hamill, but he was there. Mm-hmm. I'm so confused. Yeah, he was actually on by Mark set. Hamill's involvement in Mandalorian because I, I looked a little and, more and Boba in, Fett. Yeah, I looked a little, little bit more into it, and they had t- multiple takes. Yeah, yeah. So like they he had, was there. They had takes with him there. Yeah. Then they had takes with his stand-in, and then they melted the faces together <laughs> to make it work. But they also melted the voice performance too yeah they yeah, well, used I, some of his i think they used his voice for it like his take vocally for it uh-huh. and just like maybe pitched it up it. or something yeah tweaked it to make it sound a little more youthful <coughs> yeah um and that was pretty much it i mean i guess i could see that and also he's a voice actor so i think he probably could have pulled it off yeah yeah i'm sure they uh, they didn't have to touch it up much yeah there uh, i do remember because obviously i watch everything with a critical eye being a film nerd um but I, re- I remember hearing something artificial about it a little bit. Yeah. There's a little I touch don't, or something. I don't think his voice is so different that they needed to do... Like, I think he could have just voiced that. No. You and, hear his speaking voice and you're like, I think he could have pulled that sure. off. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, he's very talented with his voice. So he could sound more youthful if he wanted to. Yeah. But anyway. I don't know. I think maybe 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 it's... it's it's Again, it's, it's stuff where, like, they have too much technology at their hands yeah. and they're doing stuff where it's like do we really need to do this is this really necessary like the the um the thing that they film in now i forgot what it's yeah, called the, the void or the, whatever the, yeah and it's like they have this this technology and it's like they kind of lean on it too much it's like do we really they need to use this 100% lean on it too much right you know it's it like, was it was a breakthrough and it was incredible for like the first season of Mandalorian yeah since then it's been more and more noticeable yeah because i think they're getting a little too comfortable with it yeah they're they're not realizing they can like you know shoot stuff on location and do uh, invest a bit more into their sets because uh, that was one of the one of the complaints I had about Obi Wan was that everything looked kind of cheap mm-hmm. or lifeless. Mm-hmm. Even like the towns that they <coughs> feature in the show just feel like sets to me. Yeah. So if they, I don't know. If I think they shouldn't have bragged so much about the technology because now when I watch the shows, you only all, see that. Yes. <laughs> You're looking for it. So when I see yeah. them walking in like these, like wide shots you're like okay how much of that is a real person walking in in an area and how yeah. much of that is cg and how much of right. that is like the actual characters on this set right like, they walk like 10 feet yeah and, and then it cuts and yeah like okay and you're like we're, well that, that yeah, obviously we're they're, they're on this yeah yeah and, yeah and, and it pulls you out of it yeah I, th- I i think it's natural for any technology you know we, we saw that with cg back in the day and mm. after jurassic park Again, did it <laughs> you're gonna say Jurassic incredibly Park. in the first one. You know, there was this incredible like over involvement of CG. Yeah, and it looked terrible. And a lot of movies don't hit, hold up from that period of time right afterwards. And then there was a whiplash effect. And then you know people started to figure it out. Everyone involved with the original Jurassic Park deserves an Oscar, an honorary yeah. Oscar, because. 
when you really think about it, have we actually surpassed that moment? I still think that, and I, I like this tweet. You may have seen it on your own feed. Maybe. But I there there's a an image of the T-Rex, the famous scene of the T-Rex coming out from the darkness the mm. first time. Yeah. You know, um, through the fence. And uh, there's a tweet that said, we still have not surpassed this moment yeah. with CG yeah, yeah, to yeah. this day. Yeah. You know, like nothing looks better than day. this. Nothing looks better than this. Because it's not just it not not that it looked not all not just that it looked better, it sounded better too. Yeah. Imagine coming up with that T Rex roar now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I, when's the yeah. last time you heard an original sound mm-hmm. in a in a thing where you're like, Wow, that is so iconic. Like someone came up with that noise. They didn't that yeah. there, there's no basis. For that noise, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like yeah. if we, if there was a character in a movie that was like based on a tiger or a lion or something, you have something to base that on. Yep. Somebody or a team of somebody's had to just go, what do you think a T-Rex would sound yeah. like? And they came up with that <laughs> roar and it's like, yo, that's exactly what a T-Rex sounded uh-huh. like. Yeah. And will now forever. Forever. Sound like There to is us. nothing that you can tell <laughs> me. You forget. You forget that none of us have ever seen or heard a dinosaur before. <laughs> exactly. So it could have been anything. That is the power of that movie. Yeah, yeah. But now Steven the Spielberg standard. was like, this is scientific fact. <laughs> yeah. This is what a T-Rex sounded right. like. Right. They yeah. could have sounded like shit. They could have not made noise at all. They could have gone, huh. 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 But all we know... Is that they make that ferocious noise? Yeah, and 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 you know everybody involved needs to be recognized for the fact yeah. that like maybe we plateaued in nineteen ninety four. That was it. Yeah, ninety four, and then it was just like <laughs> we we've not gotten better than that. Yeah, we've just been chasing that dragon this whole time. Yeah, I remember actually that's a formulative <laughs> formulative moment for me in my uh, film nerdum. In the Orlando <coughs> Science Center, there used to be this uh, thing where, like, a screen yeah. that you could see, like, a behind-the-scenes thing of of how they made the the noise for the the T Rex, uh-huh. and it they showed you all the elements of different things that they used for it. I think this is the Orlando Science Center. I don't, I don't mean to, you know, miscredit, but some some museumish place. And it was like, what do all these things make up? And then you hit play. Like, you hear them all individually, like, the sound separated. Right. And then you hear it together. And yeah. it's that <laughs> T-Rex noise, you know? But it, it's it's like a lion, an elephant, uh, 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 I think a, a crocodile or an alligator or something. Yeah. And like all these things or hippo and like all these things together at once, somehow they like engineered to sound like a T Rex. Yeah. <laughs> and they do that with all the dinosaurs. You know, like all of that. Yeah. All that obviously is fake. <laughs> you don't realize it watching it though. Right. Well, we have fallen really far from God's grace yeah, with the rest yeah, of those movies. Yeah. yeah. And this podcast. Dude, we're at an hour and yeah. uh and we've we've talked about nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have those sometimes. 
Yeah. So uh, I think we should expect that every time there's a beer that is nine or above. <laughs> yeah, you didn't think I, I, I it's think because we of that to, we're just like fuck it. Yeah, I think we have to have like a grab bag episode because that's inevitably what it becomes. Yeah. Uh, sorry or thank you. Yeah, yeah. You're welcome or sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, then fuck it. That's the end of this podcast. Okay. <laughs> let's uh, let's do the cheers of the week. All right. We got to crack open another one. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I said sorry or thank you. So- I meant sorry or <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> sorry and thank you. Sorry. Thank you. The wheels are still on. We're fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. As long as we don't say nothing crazy. <laughs> I think we're I think we're alright. I think we alright. We're gonna be alright. We gonna be alright. <clears throat> oh perfect. 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 Alright, you ready? I'm ready. Alright, Obi. <laughs> <laughs> you saw that, right? You saw it just fucking make a beeline for me? Yes. Alright. Uh okay, so my cheers of the week is to the boys. I don't mean that as like individual male friends I have. I mean the show. The boys. Amazon's the boys. Um, uh, recently debuted season three, I think it is. I think it's season three. I think it's three. Yeah, um, season three. Yeah, season three. And uh, they they dropped uh, they they did an interesting thing that uh, you know I kind of I kind of wish more shows would do because we talk about the benefits of having a weekly show versus a, a bingeable show mm-hmm. on streaming services yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah, yeah. so they kind of split the difference and came out with three episodes that you can binge to get into the season. But then they're going with a weekly plan after that. Right. So you have like a firm establishment and then from then on we have enough time to like watch an episode, you know, digest it and then get ready for the next one. Yeah. Which I think is very important for a show like The Boys. Um, Have you finished season two yet? I have not. You haven't? Okay. Mm -hmm. I advise you do that because season three so far is excellent. Yeah. Um, Not for everybody. (laughs) <laughs> I gotta say, it is gorier than ever. Okay. I mean, I I'm no I uh, you know, I'm fine with ultra gore. I'm fine with ultra violence, uh, and very uncomfortable scenes. But there's stuff in this that even makes me feel kind of gross. Damn. But it's all done so intelligently, and even if it's done dumbly, it's for a purpose. And I I love the the. The parody of it all. The, mm-hmm. A fine parody is hard to find, you know? Yeah. But they do it so well uh, with something that we're obviously so, I mean, just smothered in with with the superhero genre. Yeah. And it's only, you know, we, we've only gotten more inundated with superhero content with the MCU. Right. And the DCEU and et cetera, et cetera. Right, right, right. Um, and I didn't. I uh, have to admit, I didn't realize how much I missed something outside of those two universes, right? And especially something that you know flips the bird at those universes. And it's, it's so refreshing. It's so 
exciting. It's it's a really a breath of fresh air, um, as dark as it gets. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, so far I love it, and I'm really glad it's back. I kind of forgot what they were serving over there with the boys. Yeah. So check it out. Check out or the just boys. Like a show that, like you said, like is outside of either one of those two big universes. Yeah. Yeah. Is is like. Because the parody thing has become kind of commonplace, but The Boys, I think, does it the best. It absolutely does. I mean, even better than, like, Kick-Ass did. Yeah. You know, like, it, it's just, it's very, very on the nose, but also clever about it. it it's clever in, like, a South Park way. Yeah. You know, like, it, it, it's so on the pulse of not only parodying um, superhero content, but also our culture in general. Yeah. You know, the I mean, there's... There's so much in it in this season about like and, and last season actually about you know being PC and you know uh, uh, kind of all of the talking points that anyone with any kind of viewpoint on culture nowadays would have. Yeah. So they they get everyone. Everyone gets a little bit in that show, and I that that's something I appreciate. Nice. So check it out if you can stomach <laughs> it. <laughs> Not for all, but I like it. All right. My cheers of the week is going to uh, the first couple of weeks of June. 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 <sighs> Give me a second. Who's June? So the first couple of weeks of the month of June. Uh-huh. My mother was born. Nice. June 2nd. Uh, Alan Iverson was born uh-huh. in the beginning of June. The two and- most important people in your life. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. And Prince was also born oh, wow. in the beginning. The Holy of Trinity. I mean, if you wanted to understand what makes up <laughs> me, <laughs> you have Prince, Alan Iverson, and my mother. <laughs> and so uh, I, I didn't realize this until like I started like seeing these things pop <laughs> wait, wait, up wait. on wait. Prince, Mom, <laughs> Alan Iverson. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Uh-huh. Uh so yeah, I mean <clears throat> I, I could spend an entire podcast uh, talking about, well, three podcasts talking about Alan Iverson or Prince or my mother. Sure. So the uh, the the first the first couple of weeks of June are surprisingly very important, and so I realized this um, as we were kind of talking about. It, I was thinking about like who who do I want to give a cheers to, and I thought I'll, I'll cheers. Uh, Prince's birthday, and then I was like, no, 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 I'll, I'll cheers Alan Iverson's birthday. Mm. No, 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 I'll cheers my... And then I was like, oh. That's <laughs> very strange time of the month. And and yeah. on a sadder note, Anthony Bourdain uh, passed in uh, the, the month of June, or early, like the first week or so of June. Yeah. I don't remember the, the, the date itself, but... Mm-hmm. Um, so, very seminal time. Yeah. Uh, a very important time. And so, cheers! It's a, it's it's and it's also like you know in Florida we're starting to get into uh, um, summer months. Sure, it's gonna fucking suck. Already from this point forward. This point forward, yeah, yeah. We've already had like uh, uh, multiple days of terrible thunderstorms. I got caught in a hailstorm. Yeah. uh, In Oviedo, that was fun. When was there yesterday? For real? (laughs) Yeah, Mm. yeah. I started hearing tick 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 tick. (laughs) When I was in traffic, and I was like, "Oh, great! Yeah. That's awesome!" It just smashes your windshield. Uh, yeah, that's all I needed. Today, this recording, June eighth, 
It was 95 degrees, and then there was a terrible thunderstorm yes. in the same day. Yeah, yeah. So that's how it goes. Florida, baby. Florida, <laughs> baby. All right. All right. Uh, 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 before we get out of here, we have to talk about these brewskis. So let's get into it. Get into it. Yeah. The Winwood Brewing Company, Father Francisco, the Belgian strong golden ale. Yeah. Obi, what'd you think of this? Uh, I really like it. Hmm? I uh, I ordered it in the brewery itself and was surprised by um, how sweet and smooth it is. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, I yeah. agree with that original take on it uh, in the can version. So, I mean, obviously it's very strong, a little boozy, but not very, you know, like... Flavor-wise, uh, I don't get that kick in the back of my throat like you might with a very boozy uh, stout. Right. Um, the one, the one thing I will ding it for is that the flavor I don't find to be very complex. Mm, okay. But it doesn't bother me mm-hmm. much that it it doesn't have more than <clears throat> a couple of notes. You know? Yeah. I think it does what it does, and it does it well. Mm-hmm. So for that reason, it does what it does. Uh, uh, I'm gonna give it a five. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I'm also gonna give it a five. I think a uh, nice, nice, nice nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Caramel, kind of malty, mm-hmm. sweet, kind of candy. That's what you want from a Belgian mm-hmm. uh, golden ale. Yeah. Uh, I respect the effort to make a a, a Belgian strong. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think uh, you know, not to shit on another brewery, but like you know, <laughs> you talk about like a uh, uh, spacing on the name. It's God keeping the name out of your head, <laughs> so you don't talk that's shit exactly about anybody. Yeah. Okay, you know what? That's a good sign. Yeah. I won't talk shit about this brewery because yeah. I can't think of the name. Okay. There are some breweries out there that try to do something like a Belgian Strong or a Trappist or a Triple or something like that. Now you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, not so well. This one, I have to say, I, I, I tip my hat to you, Winwood Brewing. This is, uh, this is fantastic. Yeah. This is fantastic. So I'm Agreed. giving it a five. Agreed. <sighs> good? Great. Let's get the fuck out of here. This has been the One Beer In Podcast for myself, Marco Dupa, for Adam Obesius Rodriguez. Yeah, buddy. Thank you guys for listening. Drink delicious beer and have a beautiful evening. We love you. Sorry, I'm sorry. sorry.